0: everybody. Welcome to the Senate Podcast. I'm Kelly Mazzanti, your host, and also the founder of Peer Collective, which is a high altitude branding design studio based here in Breckenridge, Colorado. Today and most days, we are recording from 10,000 feet where I live, work, and play. And on this podcast, you're going to hear stories about the people behind the brands and their journey of fully committing to their businesses, no matter how hard it gets, and continue to overcome challenges as they create positive change in their life and their business. Design is a huge passion of mine, and my creativity really comes alive when I'm in the mountains, and inspires our modern minimal design aesthetic. Send It, the podcast, was born in my love for playing outside, staring a big line in the face on my mountain bike or skis, and sending it straight to the bottom. It's all about facing our fears head on and overcoming challenges that create change. The same is true for life as an entrepreneur. Our philosophy at Peer Collective is branding beyond your logo. Because your brand is more than your logo, it's your story. And these are the stories behind the brands that we love and in some cases have even helped to build and design. You can find the latest episodes of the Senate podcast by following me on Instagram at peer collective. That's P I E R collective or head on over to my website, peercollective.com slash send it for the latest episodes, show notes, and in some cases, some behind the scenes footage, as well as some offer codes that you're not going to want to miss out on. All right, everybody, if you're ready to get into this episode, let's send it. Okay, guys, so we are here at 10,000 feet in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, (laughs) and I have a really special guest today for season one, episode one of the Send It podcast, and I am so excited for you all to meet her. Um, So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Kelly and my business is Peer Collective and uh, this is the Send It podcast. So this is a really special episode with a really special person and uh, she's over in Seattle. So we're in Seattle and Colorado. And this woman is a wellness, fitness, and mindfulness expert based in Seattle. Her name is Lizzie.
1: And Lizzie, welcome to the Send It podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I had a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going to have to correct her on how to pronounce my last name. And then I was like, (laughs) if there's anybody who I don't have to correct, it's Kelly.
0: (laughs) Yes, there's a story here, everyone. So Lizzie Brakes is correct that's how you pronounce it. yes and everyone <laughs> she happens to be related to me so Lizzie how do we know
1: each other <laughs> Yeah. How do we know each other? It's I knew you were going to ask this and I was trying to think of like a clever <laughs> response this morning when I was showering and I couldn't come up with anything. But Kelly and I are cousins. So our what? moms were roommates in college way back when at Washington State University. And somehow my mom fell in love with my dad when they were all hanging out and <laughs> probably Kelly tubing and I, down a river. Yeah, I think they were tubing, which is like, I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, what a random, the more I, the older I get and the more I think about that situation, I'm like, it is so random that my parents ended up together. But <laughs> anyway, Um yeah, Kelly and I are from a huge family of all boys and we are the youngest except for my younger brother and we are the only girls and we are like I feel like we're very opposite from all of the men in our family
0: and very similar to each other
1: <laughs> very, yeah and the same person yeah <laughs> we're, we're the born same like a month apart from each other too
0: yes so we're we're currently let's see what's
1: today the 12th mm-hmm.
0: 13th 14th 15th we are three days away from Lizzie's birthday yeah
1: and Kelly just had a birthday
0: <laughs> guys spoiler alert we're in our 30s <laughs> and it's way we're like better in than in the twenties
1: now too. We're like, we're well, deep in there. 31. I'm almost 31.
0: Yeah. It's a long road ahead, but it's way better than the twenties so far. <laughs> it's so much better. I know. So one of the things I'm really excited about with you on here today, Lizzie is, um, there's a lot happening in the world right now. And I feel like there's no more perfect time for you and I to have these conversations and, so I've kind of given you a background on this, the, the premise for the Send It podcast. But mm-hmm. really, the term Send It is really familiar with a lot of people who do sports or anything where they're outside, like facing downhill, about to go straight down a hill, like full speed, full commit. Um, and so I thought, what a better way to relate to an entrepreneur like you and I than this whole concept of like fully committing and going all in. So I wanted to talk to you today about. I love it. Yeah, what's it been like for you on your journey? But also, we just had an election. It's a big one. Mm. (laughs) We're in a global (laughs) pandemic, so like, talk to me about what that's like for you.
1: (laughs) Just some light topics going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that my experience has been really similar to everybody else's. You know, when I look back, I'm a really big journaler. And when I look back at like my journal and my business plan for this year, I might as well like light it on fire because (laughs) it's not at all what I intended to do. But I think that's also the really cool part about being a business owner. And Kelly, I know you had a really similar experience, like switching out of events, but just the ability to pivot. And I, you know i i felt i had a moment when the pandemic was really gaining momentum where i felt a little bit guilty about having so much of my personal success because i have a wellness blog and so the moment we had like been at home for more than a week or so i started getting so much traffic to my site and I realized that people really needed wellness tools and really needed mm-hmm. self-care tools and really needed, you know, like awesome home workouts. And so my intention going into the year was I was really going to lean into the marketing side of what I do. I also do some marketing consulting for wellness brands and was kind of going to, you know, step away from leading classes and creating different products and then you know it's mid-November now and that's like really what I've leaned into for the whole year so it's been a lot of change which can be really stressful but I I think you know you and I at least in terms of how we like to run our business that's why we enjoy being business owners is I like being able to see like what's happening and how can I serve other people. I do think it's been a really weird year to have a large social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to learn, not that I wasn't intentional, but just I think I've had to like really double down on being intentional and thinking about just the larger impact of the conversations that I'm having and how I'm including people, you know, like there was a huge civil rights movement happening this year also. And so I think this year has pushed me to evolve my business in ways quicker than I would have otherwise. But yeah, it's been wild. And I definitely have had to learn not to put all of my eggs in one basket because you just never (laughs) know what's going to happen. Right.
0: Well, you bring up a a lot of good points. And the first point is that for those of you who don't know, Lizzie is the famous cousin. (laughs) So. (laughs) No, that is so not true. No, but it's amazing. It's like we started our journey kind of around the same time of Mm -hmm. leaving like this exodus of get rid of corporate America. Like
1: very (laughs) good corporate jobs. Like we were on climbing the corporate ladder. And at the same time, we both were like, actually, no, thank you.
0: We were miserable and Mm -hmm. our souls were being sucked. But I don't think we knew it at the time. Like we didn't Mm -mm. really know that each of us were going through that similar thing until we both looked up and realized we had started businesses. And at the time, Lizzie, you started basically with a blog, right? And that I did. That's what became Donuts and Down Dog now, which is like a yeah. the way I describe it to other people whenever I'm in conversations and I'm like, oh my God, you have to follow my cousin. <laughs> she has this amazing body positive wellness company called Donuts and oh Down Dog. My, and she yeah. loves, she knows where the good donuts are at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I try. It's a tough job that somebody has to do it. <laughs> I know, but you really
0: do though. So, and there's a lot of great donut shops in Seattle, everybody. Yes. So you just need to know that. But, um, can you talk to us a little bit about where donuts and down dog came from and, mm. um, how it evolved if you will? Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll try to keep this short. I feel like every time I answer this question, it turns into like a three hour <laughs> fireside. It's a lifetime in the making. (laughs) Yeah. So um, Kelly and I grew up doing ballet. Our grandma was really into dance. And so that was kind of my foundation. I loved movement. Um, I am not a naturally thin person. So I I think Kelly and I both are very high achievers. So I was a very high achiever, Um, loved ballet, not naturally thin. So, you know, through high school, I was beating my body up. And I just kind of had a moment of like, I don't want to do this anymore. My eating is really disordered. And so I had this like crazy pivot when I went to college into rowing. Um, I ended up being a division one rower at Gonzaga University and had a lot of fun and a lot of success with that. And it was the first time really that I felt like I was doing something that my body was built for, you know, Kelly and I are very tall. (laughs) We're very broad. That's like exactly the body type that you want for rowing. And I just fell in love with this idea of you can really do anything that you put your mind to. And it was so challenging and so, mentally and physically demanding. And I loved it. Um, and then I graduated from college and this is a really common experience for college athletes, but I was just kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I really missed the discipline. I really missed having a team, a regular group of people who I saw all the time. And also while I was in high school and college, my mom had colon cancer and she passed away in the middle of college, my, right before my junior year. And so I was having this whole evolution myself of like, I really love fitness. I really love learning how far I can push myself to grow, you know, mentally, physically, um, and also watching my mom be really sick and, you know, eventually lose her battle with cancer and just realizing that I was really curious about health and wellness and that there wasn't a lot of good information out (laughs) in the world about it, at least not when we were, you know, in our teens and early twenties, I think now with social media, it's a lot more accessible. So I just kind of dove into learning about holistic wellness, learning about fitness. I had a really bad injury left over from rowing, um, So right after college, I got really into yoga and that sort of fulfilled the need for discipline and a group of people that I saw all the time. And so I signed up for teacher training. And while all of this was happening, I, you know, I was in my first job and you're like, is this my life? Am I going to be doing this terrible (laughs) entry-level job forever? Like classic dramatic 22-year-old. So I started a blog just to like document all of my wellness and fitness journeys and also I knew that I wanted to work in social media and marketing and I wasn't you know I was like a communications assistant in my first job but I was like well if I start my own thing I can just do whatever I want and I can get really good experience and then bring it to work so it was never like really something that was going to turn into anything mm-hmm. um, but the more that I did it I was so passionate about it and I just loved coming home from work and blogging and I would you know try all of the weird <laughs> fitness trends and yeah classes. you tried everything I've tried I and I love doing it too because like you know you see all of this stuff and you're like is that really legit and I love being like well I tried it and here's my honest, unfiltered <laughs> experience. And so I, yeah, I just kept doing that and it kept growing. And then, you know, Kelly mentioned that we both had these corporate careers. I was working at Amazon, which is notorious for being a really difficult place to work. And I was a program manager there. And I like lived at my office, I could bring my dog to the office. So I never had a reason to go home. I worked like 80 hours a week. And I now know that I had terrible burnout. um, And I was having like panic attacks every day. And I was like, this is not sustainable. I'm making all this money. And I have this great career path, but I hate my life. And so I walked away and was like, I'm just gonna, you know, teach yoga for a little bit and kind of recalibrate and double down on the blog. And that was 2016. <laughs> and here I am. Yeah. So that's like the short and sweet um, you know, version of how it started. And I really wanted something that focused on balance. And I felt like there was so much extreme advice in the wellness and fitness space. Like I graduated from college. And I had been going to like national team training programs. So like pretty intense. And I graduated from college and I was seeing all of this fitness content on Instagram. And I was like, this is overwhelming to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was just like a very competitive athlete. So I can't imagine what it's like for the, you know, just normal person who's curious about getting into fitness or everything was like, you need to never drink beer and go on like a nine day juice cleanse and take 90 minute yoga classes every day. And that's just not realistic. So I wanted something that really encouraged people to find their own version of wellness and balance. And that's where the name came from donuts and down dog. I love it. Okay. So something that, first of all, your story is really
0: interesting and relatable, I think to a lot of people, because There's probably a lot of people right now who are thinking about, well, they're stuck working at home for a company and they're just like never getting up and leaving their chair. And they're probably like, what is this life? You know, what do I do? And yeah, am
1: I doing this for the rest of my life? (laughs)
0: Yes. And something I always admired about you was you had the ability to get creative while you were in your nine to five. And Mm. I was so consumed in mine that I didn't even know any alternative existed. So I did, I did the whole like risky thing where I totally forwent financial security and quit my job. And then I had the mental space to start to explore that maybe there's some other possibility and, Oh, let's start a business. And that was like risking all my finances and putting me into a lot of debt, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I basically leveraged myself completely, but there was no other alternative for me because I was just so miserable that I was, yes. I couldn't live another day like that, you know?
1: But I do think, and I, I know this isn't popular advice and finance experts are always like, don't do this. But I do think that there is a lot of benefit in just not having much of a safety net and jumping because it forces you to get your shit together and figure it out. You know, like I, Mm -hmm. I know so many people who have a side hustle that they want to turn into their real job, but they just never allow themselves to fully commit to it because they have like a safety net. Um, and I do think like for me, and I know for you, it was super stressful and I, looking back, like I wouldn't do that now. It wasn't the best financial decision for myself to just like leave Amazon with some money saved up, but not a ton. But I'm really glad that I did because I had to just figure my shit out super, super quickly.
0: Yeah. And you've gone through what I would say like are a couple iterations of your brand. Can you talk (laughs) a little bit about there was like a moment, a definite moment when I remember you sort of like scrapped everything yes. that you had built. And then you're like, okay, this is what Donuts and Down Dog is now. So what was that transition like? And what yeah. was it like to go almost through like this rebrand for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, I was actually just talking to somebody else about this who's our age and she's just starting a blog now. It's a girl who I went to high school with, and I was like, You know, she was like, I feel like I'm so far behind. And I was like, yes, but I also think there's a lot of benefit in being a little older and having just like a greater understanding of the big picture and how all these pieces fit in together and branding. Because when I started, I was just flying by the seat of my pants and I was having a lot of fun with it, but there was no real strategy you know, I I didn't know how to really market myself and I learned a ton along the way. But when it started, it was under a completely different name. My friend and I had come up with it together. It was called Photosynthesis 206, which doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> what? I don't even remember that. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was the name for quite a few years. Um, and I was just kind of like writing about myself. And it was like very much like a live journal-esque personal essays and trying things, but it was, it was so personal and it wasn't necessarily helpful. I realized for people, like it was maybe entertaining to read these like funny blog posts of me going to like this, a crazy, really heated kettlebell class. Right. But it wasn't necessarily providing them much value beyond that. And I kind of burnt myself out, I guess, on just talking about myself all the time. And I wanted to provide more value. And I also realized, you know, I still think I like just graduated teacher training, but I <laughs> I did my yoga teacher training like seven years ago now, um, and I realized that I I had all this knowledge that I could offer people of like real resources and real tools and real kind of like step by step guides on how to do things, and I, I just had to take a step back and be like, right now you're just doing all of the things. What do you actually want to do? What do you actually want to be known for? And even just wellness is really broad. Like, it's right. a pretty broad niche. And so I was just kind of doing anything that related to wellness and saying yes to everything that came my way, which I do think was an important part of building my brand and getting experience. But yeah, definitely had a moment where I was like, okay, what do I actually want from this? What do I want to be known for? What do I enjoy doing? You know, so that you're not wasting energy on things that maybe are cool, but just completely suck the life out of me. And then. Recalibrated that way. And, you know, as I was getting into the marketing side of the consulting work that I do and just learning more about analytics and branding with my clients, I was able to then bring that to what I do on Donuts and Down Dog and just make it, you know, more, more legit. <laughs> well, it I love it. And I feel like you help a
0: lot of people, but also people who are looking for something like to belong to yeah. a positive community of people who are actually providing useful information. They find you and they're like, at, they find themselves at home. And I think the big misconception, and I did this too, I was so resistant to niching down yes, and yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. It's like, hard. Yeah, it's kind of like people in in elementary school who know I want to be a doctor or an astronaut or a mm-hmm. scientist like that. I never had that feeling and I always was envious of people. Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, I'm obviously not going to be a ballerina because I'm not my turnout is not good unless they're going to make another movie about the girl with bad turnout who can still be on stage. (laughs) Yeah. So like, why can't I be as clear as those Mm -hmm. people on what I want to do? But um, I think the misconception is that there will be no one who wants what I have to offer unless I try to reach everyone. And once you actually get super crystal clear, that's when your audience comes and they're like Mm -hmm. so loyal because you're offering exactly what they want. And there's a lot of them.
1: And you're staying really true to yourself. And I also I don't know if you did this, but I feel like when I was getting started, rather than trusting my gut and what I knew was going to be really valuable content and what my audience wanted, I got way too into all of the like, this is the blogger, you know, formula that you should be following or follow my exact strategy, like all of these online courses and just different like solopreneur or whatever personalities and really following what they said works, which of course I know now didn't work for me because that's I'm not them. But I wanted so badly to make it work and to grow my influence and my audience and my message that I, for a long time, I don't think had the confidence to be like, I know what is best for my business and I know what my audience needs. Um, and I just got too caught up in trying to do what everyone else said to do. And, you know, like seeing other bloggers and being like, okay, I'm going to post a photo just like that. Cause clearly that's doing really well for them versus like, well, what do I want to post? You know, what do I think would fit here?
0: Right. Well, okay. So this is super funny. Have you read Alicia Keys book? I guess she wrote Ooh, a new book. Recently. No. Is it good? Well, I don't know yet, but one of the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find out at some point. Let's have a book club. Let's read it together. We should. Okay. So, everyone, we're reading Alicia Key's book. And basically, you know how she went through that no makeup trend where she basically said, okay, this is me in my natural state. I don't Mm -hmm. need makeup to be a woman and to be sexy and all that. Yes. So, uh, apparently, there's a, a part in the book where she talks about how on The Voice, when she was a judge with Adam Levine, he saw her putting lipstick on one day and he said, I thought you didn't wear makeup. And her response is, I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. (laughs) And I was talking to my friend Gigi about this uh, the other day because she asked me, well, Kelly, what's your personal brand? And Mm. I was explaining it and she said, well, you know, it's okay that it evolves and that it changes and moves and grows just like that comment by Alicia Keys. And the reason I... The reason I bring it up, I think you know, is you had a really interesting, and and you don't have to get into this if you don't want to, but... Oh, no,
1: I'm happy to. I mean, there, I don't know what you're going to say, but I, <laughs> I'll get into whatever it is. <laughs> I'm like an open book.
0: You, you, will, you will know. There was a time when, well, basically we all feel like, oh, this defines me, so I can't deviate from it. And the whole point of a personal brand is being willing to grow and change yeah. and evolve. And that was her whole point in that comment is... Yeah, I might be OK with not wearing makeup all of the time. But if I feel like putting lipstick on, I'm going to frickin put lipstick yeah. on and shut up. Don't make comments about yeah, it. Because, let me live. Yes. And so there was a point when you had kind of rooted your and this is I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. No, you had, not at all. You had put your identity into some, you know, diet that Mm -hmm. had that was like part of you for so long. And I think that became an identity for your business. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you were kind of like the way you described it to me is like, I didn't want to tell people that I no longer am eating this way because I felt like they would be mad at me or something. And then all of a sudden they love you more because you're being honest about what works for you, for you now.
1: Right. Of course, which is like the joke of it all. Right. You're so anxious about doing something and then you finally do it. And everyone's like, yay. But um, yeah. So right after my mom, as my mom was sick, I like I mentioned earlier, was reading a ton about holistic wellness. And I was also an athlete at this time. So it was really tied up in like what's the healthiest like for preventative care, but also what's going to help me perform the best. And I just kept coming back to veganism and a couple months after my mom died um she died in august and so january of the following year which was 2011 almost 10 years ago now i was like i'm my new year's resolution is that i'm going to try being vegan Um, you know, and I, I assumed that I would do it a couple months. All my friends were like making bets on how long I would last. Um, and this was 2011 and I was in Spokane, Washington. So being vegan was not normal. There were like no vegan alternatives to things. I think it's so much easier and more mainstream. It's like kind of trendy to be vegan now, but at the time it was really weird, um, And so I started doing that. And then I was vegan for almost exactly seven years. And to Kelly's point, I really so much of my blog was vegan food and vegan recipes because it was so kind of alternative and I wasn't finding good stuff. So whenever I did find something that I really liked, I was like, everyone should try this. And so I was really known as being this like vegan blogger who also talked about yoga. And I stopped for I was burnt out on it. I didn't feel very good anymore. I now know that I had other autoimmune stuff going on that was like partially why I didn't feel good being vegan towards the last couple of years. But I decided to stop and I didn't announce it for a couple months. And I was really, really nervous because I have seen <laughs> the types of responses that other vegan bloggers who break their veganism have gotten. And it's really aggressive. And I also knew how much I had judged people in the past (laughs) um, for stopping being vegan. And, you know, I, I really slowly introduced it, like some people kind of started figuring it out. And then I started sharing more and more about it. And Basically, my messaging around it was like, I don't think this is good or bad. I just realized I wasn't listening to my body. And that is more important than following any sort of trend. And like Kelly said, I was so, I got a couple people who were like, I only follow you for vegan food. Or like, I remember I posted a photo of, like an egg, a fried egg. And someone was like, Oh, did you murder the chicken that laid this egg too? And I was like, Oh my God, this is so aggressive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but everyone was so nice about it. And so many people were, had been through really similar experiences and felt like, you know, they couldn't, like you're saying, evolve their brand or change their minds about something. And so it's become a huge part of the conversation that I have. And I also feel like now I'm able to speak In terms of nutrition, kind of from a place of authority, when people are like, oh, you have, you know, a chronic blah, blah, blah. Well, you should try being vegan. It cures everything. And I'm like, I have a million autoimmune things, and being vegan did not help it at all, (laughs) you know? And so I also think that I can speak up for other people who are being told, oh, if you're, if you just are vegan, you'll fix everything, or, you know, you just need to change your diet. And it's, food can make a huge impact on us, but it's not the whole picture.
0: Right. I agree. And I think it goes back to, I mean, you can really draw parallels to people's lifestyle and yes. their business. And this is something yeah. I've been thinking, you know, with COVID, it sort of exposed everyone into like, what are our, <laughs> yeah. what are our values?
1: But like, what are we honestly, doing?
0: <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> Who are we? Yeah. What are we?
1: Like I'm a yoga pant now. <laughs> I am uh, 100%. Um, Dan went last night and bought five pairs of sweatpants because he was like, you know what? I'm going to be home for a while. I might as well just buy sweatpants. I need to come in. It's
0: worth noting, everyone, Dan works at Boeing. So there you go. He does. Yeah. He probably still has. Well, this is I don't want to make a lunchbox joke because it's too good. But (laughs) anyway, uh, but the point is, I almost. okay. so you brought up the word pivot earlier, and I think okay, it's so overused, but there's a reason it's overused. And it's because it's relevant to what we're doing. And every successful business has to be good at pivoting. And as entrepreneurs, to be successful, you have to realize, just like you did with being vegan, when something's not working, there's a point where you can't just keep trying it. You have to make a change. And it's really hard because, you know, people tell you to stick with it. And, like you have to use your intuition to know yes. the right amount of time to stick with it or ditch it and try something else. So, yes.
1: So true. Like,
0: yeah, so for you, what has been, you know, another pivotal moment in your business where you So back to the whole send it thing. I almost called the podcast pivot, but then I was like, mm. uh that's way overused. <laughs> send it is better. Uh like when has been a time when you have totally said, all right, this isn't working. I'm going in this direction, and I'm going all in, and there's no other alternative.
1: Oof, yeah. Oh, I mean, I can think of so many examples just from like the last couple months, right? Because this has been such a wild year. But for like one example, is at the beginning of this year, I decided I was going to transition out of teaching yoga classes and fitness classes. I, it's something I love to do, but I just you know, I was really tired of going to studios, even though I would only do it like once or twice a week. And I just the in-person experience wasn't quite what I was looking for. And so I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to transition out. And I had quite a few one-on-one clients. And I was like, OK, you know, once your package is done, I'm done doing this. I'm I'm like moving more into marketing. And then COVID hit and People kept asking me, are you going to teach live classes? Are you going to to record YouTube videos? Is there any way I can take class from you? And I was like, you know, people are asking for this and I'm at home. I don't have to leave my house, which is like my least favorite part about teaching. (laughs) Um, So I started teaching online and it's been so fun. Um, and I love doing it and it's so nice to be like, oh, I have to teach class in 10 minutes. Guess I'll like put on some pants now. Um, and to be able to offer that resource, (laughs) you know, to people, I think that's been really great. Um, I had also started a podcast with one of my friends right before the pandemic launched, um, into the world and we just wrapped season one and it was such a fun thing to do. And I learned so much doing it, but it just really, the more we got into it, the more it wasn't working with our schedules and our goals. And so we decided not to continue doing it after our last episode actually aired yesterday. Um wow. Not to continue doing it. And that was, you know, it's such a hard decision, but it was also just, I was like, this is burning us out so much and it's not serving like our immediate goals right now. And I think that, yeah, to your point, it's so easy to take on a project or a job or anything and be like I now have to stick with this. Absolutely. Forever. And I think, you know, part of my mindfulness practice, part of also just like not being in your 20s, um is learning how to set boundaries and how to say no and how to be like, okay, I like gave this the college try and it's not working anymore and I'm going to change or yeah, to be like, you know, I really thought that this is what I wanted and it's not, so I'm going to do something else. And I think that's another thing too is People feel really, really bad if they have like a dream, you know, or something that they really, really want to do. And then they go chase it and they don't like it and they feel like they can't admit that. And like, that's okay. And everybody's been through that. And it's really liberating and reaffirming when you hear about somebody else who went through a similar experience.
0: Right. Gosh, I have so many things I want to like Tangent on. <laughs> right tangent <now>. away. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I just love it because it's so I mean, there's a lot of people listening, uh, they better be listening. <laughs> who I mean, even just some of my friends here in Summit County who are in wellness and mm-hmm. who teach yoga. I have a lot of friends who are yoga teachers and they're, you know, yeah, you're gone friends through... with like
1: all the famous Colorado yoga teachers. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> they're like professional <laughs> yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. And no, but they um they're like going through these ups and downs of okay we're back in the studio no we can only do online classes yeah. oh
1: i can only have two people in my class yeah
0: yeah and it and it is a really hard thing um there was also a recent experience i had with a band because we put on um the first annual tedx breckenridge here in october oh right Which was super awesome. It was canceled in May from COVID and we were able to bring it back to life and have a limited live audience with a lot of social distancing. But Mm -hmm. we also had this really cool, it was like a 10 or 11 piece band from a neighboring county come in and their comment to me, and this is why it's similar to a yoga teacher, like there's something about practicing yoga together and sharing your breath. That's a huge part of yoga.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. That's why you go to a studio and pay money to share space with people. And same with this band, they were describing to me how they've been deprived for like over 250 days. They hadn't played for a live audience and they just felt so deprived of the energy that comes with that. And so it brings me back to this whole like COVID global pandemic thing, you know, uh, you and I both know Jackie Carr, who's a goals coach. So I recently went to a two-day workshop with her, and it was life-changing, and I, it totally uprooted a lot of my values and made me reestablish what those values actually were. Mm-hmm. But the first time I spoke with her in August to figure out, like, how can I work with you, Jackie, because I need you in my life and my business, um, you know, she said something to me that really is true and struck a chord, which is the whole issue with this pandemic is that it was called... We were told to socially distance, when in reality, we just needed to physically distance.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. That is such a good point.
0: (laughs) Boom. Drop the mic, Jackie. So I just wonder for you, what has that been like, and how have you still found community Mm with everything going on and kind of these ups and downs of like we started coming out of it
1: in the summer uh, and now a lot of places are shutting down again. A rumor going around in Seattle that tonight the governor is going to make an announcement that we're going back to, um, (laughs) being what, what was it called? The stay home ban. (laughs) So we're all waiting for that, but yeah, I mean, I think we all had, you know, March and April just being a disaster of like no one had a routine. No one knew what they were doing. It felt like such a mess. Um, Doing a Zoom call every single day, right, with happy hour with all of your friends and it almost being like overdrive on the social interaction. And I have since learned, you know, really what I need and had to be thoughtful about like, okay, I know like about every 10 ish days or something, I need to like have something with a friend to feel grounded. And maybe that's like a long phone call or maybe we, you know, the dog park I've realized is like the best place for coronavirus hangouts because you're outside and there's just like everyone got a pandemic puppy in Seattle. So there's like puppies everywhere, Um, which is so fun and so happy. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've, I've really had to find new ways to hang out with my friends, but I think that it's so cool because like, for example, my friend Dessa and I will do workout classes together virtually. Like we'll take a Peloton class at the same time and then we'll text each other after or the other night, a bunch of my girlfriends and I watched a movie together. We all like pressed play at the same time and then we just texted each other during it. And every time we do things like this, we're like, why haven't we done this before? You know, like, why aren't we connecting with each other? I I love that. Like this, when things are, you know, quote unquote normal. Like, I have had happy hour with my parents a couple times on Zoom. And I'm like, why don't I do this more? Why am I just waiting till I see them in person or just taking the time to call people more? And it's just a reminder that there are so many ways to connect with people. For my friend's birthday in May, it was her 30th birthday, and we did... Um, she came over for breakfast, we made her breakfast, but then we had like a zoom party and we were still socially distancing. She was like in our pod of people. So she's one of the only people we've really seen during the pandemic, but we organized like a parade for her birthday and everybody drove by and like waved in their cars at the same time. And like, that was so fun. And honestly, I would do that outside of the pandemic, you know, like it was just, I think it's forced us to be really creative instead of just being like, let me take you out for a drink. Let me take you out for a nice dinner. It's like, okay, well, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So how can I express that? I like really care about this person. Like for my husband's birthday, obviously, I couldn't take him out and do something. So I like planned a scavenger hunt for him and it was really fun. Um, And so so I think that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's just a good reminder that there are all of these ways that we can connect with each other and that you can show love for somebody. You just might have to get a little bit more creative, but I was realizing for myself at least that I was so tied to like, Oh, I have to spend money. Like I have to like, you know, take somebody out and like, you can still get them a gift or whatever, but what's really more fun and that we're seeing a lot this year is like just the sheer connection with people.
0: Yeah. I love it. It kind of gets you back to the basics of what Mm is connecting mean and what's meaningful.
1: Yeah. And what do I need? I also think we're all getting so much better at, you know, setting boundaries and being like, I am feeling really overwhelmed. I'm feeling really stressed out. I just need to be by myself right now, which I think is really, really empowering.
0: I agree. We need to learn how to live with ourselves
1: <laughs> and have a healthy so relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yes. Everyone, you need to have a healthy relationship with silence because there's so much connectivity in the world right now that it's yeah. just, it's allowed people to never have to face reality. And that yeah. I've always struggled with that. And that's kind of why Same. I was, um, pretty resistant to getting onto social media, for my business. So I started it in 2017, but I'm just now like taking a crack at it, honestly. And eventually I will be hiring someone to manage it for my business, but you embraced it a lot earlier. And I think my resistance had to do with like, I was working in e-commerce prior to leaving Mm -hmm. corporate America. And I just felt like, there's too much technology in my life. I don't want any
1: more of it. Yes, I totally get that. Well, and there is a lot of weird judgment too with social media. Like I share a lot of myself on my social media because I think that's important. But then it you know it just makes it hard to have the same boundaries and to protect your space. Right. Um, so I, I totally get the hesitancy. <laughs> but I think
0: something you said that's super important that is a really big positive about social media is you people started finding you when they needed you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of talk around when, once we were about a month into the shutdown in the first time around, people were talking yeah. <laughs> about, am I allowed to promote my business? Like, what am I, am I just supposed to pretend that like I don't need any right. business right now? But the reality yeah. is we need to show up and serve people in our skill set Because if we've started a business serving people with a product or a service that adds value to their life stop pretending like they don't like there are people out there who need what you have, as long as you've built it with integrity and quality. So yeah, no, I don't, no matter what happens moving forward now, that's a big lesson I've learned that I want to share with other people is don't be afraid to promote what you're building or what Mm
1: -hmm. you've built because people need it. People need it. And also like people want to support you. Like, I mean, you and I graduated high school a while ago at this point. And I am shocked, like the random people that I went to high school with who read my blog and DM me and respond, you know, it's like people want to support you, whether they know you or not. And I think especially as women, we're so good at like not making the ask, but like saying everything around the ask. Right. (laughs) And being like, hopefully they figure out what I'm getting at. I definitely have been guilty of that where it's like, no, just say like, Hey, I'm a small business owner. I could really use your support. It would mean a lot to me if you bought this or if you, you know, sent somebody my way or whatever. And I do think we've all had to get a lot better at that this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I know we're getting kind of close to the time, but I have some rapid fire questions that I would love to ask. (laughs) Okay. Okay, And then afterwards, um, I would love to share where people can find you and what's next. So yeah, Okay. So you know how these work. You're the expert. Um, yes. yes. So the first question is how has living through a global pandemic changed your life in a
1: surprising way? Um, I have been wanting a second dog forever and I finally was able to con my husband into getting a second dog at the beginning of the pandemic. And she just brings us so much joy. You can
0: see her on the donuts and down dog Instagram profile. You can her name is Lucy. She is a psychopath and I love her. For She's it. amazing. Okay, great. So, um, the next one is if you weren't doing donuts and down dog, and you could make a living. What would you be doing?
1: Ooh. Um, I think that I would be a therapist or a registered dietitian. Awesome. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? I hate the sound of sharpening knives. It makes me want to throw up <laughs> or when people sing happy birthday. I also hate that. <laughs> well, I will be calling you in three days, so you better enjoy it. And I will block your call. <laughs>
0: Whatever. I'm FaceTiming you. I'm, <laughs> I'm calling Dan the man and he'll let me talk to you. No. Let me speak <laughs> with the manager. <laughs> okay. Who or what is the greatest love of your life? And it doesn't have to be Dan.
1: Hmm. Um, the greatest love, and this is not like romantic love, but like, I think the like biggest example of love that I've had in my life is my brother. Um, just because my brother has autism, he lives with me, I'm his caretaker. And I just think that having him in my life has taught me how to love in a completely different way than I ever would have Learned how to otherwise, like I feel like it, like cracked open a different layer of like my psyche. That's amazing. We love you, Steven. <laughs> He's mm, the Steve. sweetest. He's at work
0: right Aww. now, <laughs> and he loves Skittles, so that is the way to his yes. heart. <laughs> yes, and the Seahawks. <laughs> and yeah. He bought. I think he pretty much bought me my first Seahawks shirt ever for my Aww, birthday one year.
1: What a sweetie! Pie. I still
0: have it. I know. Good. Um, and then. What is your favorite
1: donut currently, Ugh, Kelly? Yeah, this is such a hard question. I know. Stump the DJ. Um, my favorite donut right now is from General Porpoise in Capitol Hill. It is a stuffed donut filled with lemon curd.
0: Ooh,
1: it is insane. Why can't <laughs> Why can't we taste or smell through podcasts? Oh, uh, right. Don't you wish it's so good? It's I've. I ate like three of them in one sitting once and I felt so terrible, but it was so good. Okay.
0: Well, as soon as this pandemic is over, I'm getting on a plane and eating that with you. Yes, please do. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, what can we look forward? This is not rapid fire. Those were all the rapid fire and you totally (laughs) nailed them. (laughs) I'm I'm, like ready. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what is next for you and what can we look forward to with donuts and down dog and Lizzie Brike's? Oh yeah.
1: Ooh. Well I am thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. It's like such a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, it takes one to know one. Um, takes one to know one. Um yeah, so through the end of the year, I will be releasing more guided mindfulness products that you can access for free as well as some, um, downloadable content. I'm also releasing some resources for fitness and yoga professionals just on how to transition online and to grow your business. And I'll be putting out a lot of gift guides this holiday season. I'm usually pretty anti gift guide, but I really want to highlight local and female owned businesses. And I just think we really need like good, wellness self-care um, type stuff. So I have a lot of really cool stuff um, in that realm coming. And then I'm also slowly but surely launching a store with um, different journals that I've designed and beanies Woo! that I've designed that you can purchase if you feel like wearing some swag. So and they don't say donuts and down dog on them. It's not like my branded branded stuff. It's just um, kind of some wellness goodies for your home and your own wellness practices. Oh, I can't wait.
0: Okay, so where can everyone keep track of you and find these goodies when they come out?
1: Yeah, my website is donutsanddowndog.com, and I spell donuts D-O-N-U-T-S. Um, that's also my Instagram, donuts and downdog, and then that has the links to all of my other my online studio, my shop, my blog, my products, all that good stuff.
0: Okay, great. And I will be posting this on my blog once I get the show notes written up. So you guys will be able to access everything there. Um, And Lizzie, this was so great. Thank you for being my very first I'm so honored to be your
1: very first. Thank you so much. She's my first,
0: everybody. I hope you love that episode as much as I did. Lizzie is so special to me, not only because she's my cousin, but because we've gotten to share in our journey of entrepreneurship together. If you loved what you heard with Lizzie, you can go follow her over on Instagram at Donuts and Down Dog, or check her out on her website, donutsanddowndog.com. For the latest episodes and show notes of the Send It podcast, you can head over to our website, peercollective.com slash send it. You can also find the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you want to find and follow Peer Collective, you can find us over on Instagram most often. We're at Peer Collective, P-I-E-R, Collective. Until next time, hope you get out there and send it in whatever you're doing. And I can't wait to hear about your story of going all in in your life and business. Take care, everybody.